Welcome to the lounge. I know it's been a minute. I've had some technical difficulties, but we have made some repairs and replacements, etc. And we are back. Um, a little running a little late on this one, but there is a week left for this. Uh, a little different. Alexandra Frund Clinton um, is on talking about her game. The Deepman Files, a ghost hunting RPG, which is powered by Apocalypse. We love those. Um, it's really cool. It's got day of this release. It'll have seven days left, so get on it. Check it out. It's hit its goal, so you're going to get it. So, you know, what do you got? What do you know? Hey, that's that's great. Alexander is awesome. Um, legit ghost hunter. Uh, just check this out. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so I'm going to open by telling you about about um, about this this pasta. So Please my do. wife discovered this, and it's amazing. Uh, it's called carbonara. Have you heard of it? Uh, that's, in fact, what I ordered. Is it really? It is. Have you had it before? Uh, in Italy. Okay. okay. So I might be a little disappointed, but it, do you have a good way to make it from home? So she she will take um let's see, let me let me run down, down this down. She'll um start boiling the uh the pasta. Um we use bacon with it. You're supposed to use like some other like pork-based meats with it and unfortunately we've never found any that we can get that taste as good as like thick cut bacon yeah, I think um, that's fair but we've started twisting the bacon when we when we cook it mm. so we twist it and you can cook a lot of bacon that way and it cooks really fast and it cooks nice and crispy um, but not like so crispy that it's weird we get the bacon going and then she'll take um six egg yolks and just use the yolks um and then she'll add grated fresh grated parmesan cheese um put some pepper um it's really simple um and then just kind of like mix that all together and then mix in the pasta and the bacon around the same time mm-hmm. um and then what she'll do is she'll she'll get some of the pasta water that you know because you put a little salt in pasta water to get it going, and she'll put a little bit of the pasta water in there to kind of loosen it up, but not enough to cook the egg at all. And and it's amazing, like it's just it's one of my favorite dishes ever. So it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I I now I want some. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's it's. Very, I love that you ordered carbonara, though. That's fantastic. That's I just I saw it and I'm like, this is way better than basic <sighs> Alfredo. Let's go. <laughs> we the last time we had it, we had freshly laid eggs. Oh my gosh! Well, I don't think it. I'll ever get that. I eat, eat, listen. If you have friends who are like, boy, we're thinking about getting some chickens. Like, you should encourage them to do so. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend getting them. But I would just, I would recommend encouraging friends to get them, um, because we have friends they love their chickens. But but you know every once in a while we'll see them and we'll be and they'll be like oh here's a couple dozen eggs or you know here like 
and they're the, just like the best eggs you can get. Yeah, yeah, fresh yeah. from the source. So, um, so yeah, so uh, welcome to uh, welcome to Pasta Hour. Um, <laughs> I could talk about this all day. <laughs> there is a, there's a, I think there's a distinct lack of pasta based role playing games. Okay, well, uh, all right, so idea generation. <laughs> you all play a different kind of pasta. I'll yeah. take the bow tie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this seems like a good idea to, to, to noodle over. That's, <laughs> that's uh, so true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to be careful or else I'll start punning like crazy and, and I'll, uh, I'll the, the, it just is unending. Um, but you have a game. That I you do. <laughs> Um, called the Deepman Files, a ghost hunting RPG. Um, and it is a powered by the apocalypse based system, uh, which are some of our favorites here at the lounge. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we see, uh, I've seen a lot of those over the years, uh, that are just, you can do like some really cool stuff with that. Um, so, uh, so, so talk to me about the game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, I'll say that it, it is a uh, powered by the apocalypse system, but uh, I, I would I'd like to think that we're still pretty loose with it. Uh, some people feel like it can be that system in particular has its own ways of being pretty rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, every system does, you know. It, it seems like every system has one kind of thing where people are like, "Oh, you have to do it this way." Um, we built this so that it was very, very flexible um, mm-hmm. from the GM and player side because we were we started playing um, a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games um, in the past year when we were all online, mm-hmm. and we wanted something that was pretty low stress. Um, you know, something that we could really just ease into whenever we felt like it, get some good laughs out of it, and tell a fun story. And we just felt that the Powered by the Apocalypse system really allowed for that. Mm-hmm. So we took it with the other games that we were playing, um, modified as we were playing the way we liked it, um, and then decided that we were going to just create our own worlds and create our own modifications and uh, just, just play the game that we wanted to play. And um, it is The Deepman Files. Uh, it's based off of uh, my novel, Echoes and Ashes, A Paranormal Mystery. Um, so it has a little bit of established lore, which absolutely nobody knows or needs to know going into this. Um, even my friends uh, just smile and nod when I make a reference because they, they just like to humor me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's we, we created it because we're a lot of ghost hunting enthusiasts and it was really hard to do over the past year. Mm-hmm. So we figured if we can't go out to the ghosts, we're going to bring them home to us. That's I, that seems totally fair. I do love that there's established lore because I'm I'm like a I, I love continuity and lore. I'm I'm a little bit uh, obsessed with that. So it's it's always cool that it's like this is based off a thing. Like even if it's not a thing that I I've I know or you can actively reference. It's like oh I can look that up and like learn more about this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, we actually, I just today, um, we opened up, uh, on our Kickstarter, um, I opened up another 25, um, backer slots 
for the tier that we call the psychograph, uh, mm-hmm. which includes a, a signed copy of the book, because we sold out within a few days. That's and awesome. I wasn't expecting there to be such a rush for the books, you know, for the hardbacks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, surely 25 will be enough. We'll, we'll have plenty left over. Not everybody's going to say, yes, I want the book that goes with it as well. Uh, but they did. So we opened more and it that that made me feel very warm and fuzzy inside. So it was exciting. I, I can imagine that's, that's what an awesome thing. Like, like just to have people who are backing this going, Hey, I want, I want everything. I, I, I do that sometimes though, when I'm, when I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kickstarting and I'm like, eh, can I get everything? Like, you know, yeah, like give me stuff. So, yeah. Um, so so let's talk a little bit about the 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 game itself. Mm-hmm. Um so as we mentioned uh, based on powered by the apocalypse or yeah. Um but you said it's a little bit looser. So uh, I I put it in kind of like my GM notes and everything that you know as you're playing this just remember that the goal is really to like have fun with your players mm-hmm. and tell a good story. Um, and I feel in particular, because I really like to write a lot of mysteries, mm-hmm. um, that sometimes, uh, the, the best stories require just like, you know, fudging it a little bit. So, you know, we give the guidelines on how to use the mechanics and how to use the moves and ways to encourage, you know, player exploration. Um, but we really hope that people will just kind of use that as an outline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on the kind of people they're playing with, um, play to their players, you know, um, go ahead and give them more information than they might have actually uncovered or, you know, let them rule with whatever they think they found and maybe work it into the story. Just in general, I, I just think that um, it's just better if you're aiming for the end result rather than making sure everybody follows every step to get there. So, um, ours is a very, very loose guideline. We give you the moves, we give you the mechanics and we say, please run with it. Awesome. Um, I like that a lot. And, and it, you break it down, uh, character wise between, um, psychics and investigators. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So currently we do have eight of each. Um, we are looking, if we hit some stretch goals to add on a ninth investigator, uh, written by our, um, our guest writer, um, Michael OJ, who should be hopefully releasing modern gods later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking to add on one more class. And then we have a, uh, a kind of standalone class that we're calling the spirit to make available as well for players who experienced character death um if they would like to try to play a ghost in the game um but yeah so we have it broken out into the two archetypes as we call it and each class or playbook um follows one of those archetypes um and their subcategories so um i'm a really big fan if people know the movie slash miniseries rose red uh, it was a, it's a Stephen King production based off of the diary of Ellen Rimbauer, um, which is kind of a weird take on the haunting. Um, it goes in, it's horror buffs. I, I love it. It is one of my mm-hmm. favorite things. I love to watch it every year. And the whole plot behind it is that a parapsychologist gets a team of psychics to go into a haunted mansion. 
and try to revive it. And, you know, shenanigans ensue, people die, Mm -hmm. uh, really bad ghostly CG graphics. Um, It's great, and I love it. And I kind of took that, and I wanted to play that. Like, I I want to play... You know, some people have psychic abilities going and trying to do automatic writing or throwing fireballs because they're pyro, you know, with their pyrokinesis. But some people are the good old fashioned ghost hunters who are going around with a camera and going, is anybody there? And just hoping for an answer because that's what I do in real life. <laughs> so, the, yeah, now that was uh, that was another part that I definitely want to talk to you about uh, because um, I've I've had almost exclusively game designers. Uh, I, I can't think of any that wasn't a game designer that I've had on my show, but I've never had an actual ghost <laughs> hunter on my show. So that's, um, a, that's a first. Well, first of all, I will say anybody can be a ghost hunter if they go and look for ghosts. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to be a professional. I can say, and I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but I can say that I did actually get paid to go and ghost hunt. So hmm. I can say that I was actually a paid ghost hunting professional. And I do think that there are not that many people who, who can, you know, claim that one. I, so listen, I have only been paid a few times to perform comedy on stage, but I have been paid a few times. Then you are a professional comedian. A professional comedian. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I just, I have, uh, ever since I was a kid, I've had a like super big love of the paranormal the supernatural and for me i think it started uh i was i was you know like a toddler and my dad was working on his uh master's degree my mom would go out with her friends or whatever and my dad would sit me down in a beanbag with like my bottle or whatever and put on x files while Mm. he worked so i was like three or whatever watching Mm -hmm. x files and that was my childhood. So it really shaped me, I think, growing up. <laughs> and um, I discovered scariest places on earth when I was like 10. Loved it and thought how cool it would be to go on scariest places on earth. And uh, yeah, then the ghost hunter craze sort of took over. I For high school, I did it as a senior project. And then from there, I just said, you know what? My friends and I can do this. And uh, we go out, try to go a couple times a year. I got a job with a company that did ghost hunting, and I worked with them. And uh, then just sort of moved on to my own thing because I, I just I like to plan things. I like to do things. Sure. So I can say I've been to some of the most haunted places in the world. Wow. Um, one of my one of my claims to fame is that I, I did get to investigate Lep Castle in Ireland, okay. uh, which was fantastic, and the basis actually for my second book. Um, and I've been to Waverly Hills, Trans Allegheny. I'm going to Moundsville Penitentiary in like two weeks. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, just abandoned Lake Shawnee. I've been all over the place. Uh, and it's so much fun. I love it. That's great. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, that seems like a, a circle that you would run into um okay there's a lot of speculation about about those elements sure um i'm going to i'm I'm gonna front this by saying i'm not one of those people that's okay like i believe i I believe that all basically anything is is possible um i've had my own encounters with the supernatural 
So like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh no, I can't, can't possibly happen. Um, because I've, I've, I've been there and, uh, and you know, um, but there, there is an element, I think sometimes of people that go into it that say, from a cynical standpoint that, 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 uh, that, you know, are going to try to take advantage of people and everything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? You are so right. And I will say that people like me who we go and we do this often, you can start to identify very quickly Mm -hmm. uh, who those people are. And it it helps doing your own research um, because, and again, I'm I'm not going to, not going to name names here, uh, but I've been to places and they have certain stories that they really like to talk about and like to ham up. But the truth is there's, there's no proof of it, um, no proof of it at all, mm-hmm. but they still tell the stories like it is. And every time I go back and I hear like another person telling it, it becomes more elaborate, you know, like the fish that grows in size where they sure. say, yes, we've got death certificates. You know, we have document documented this activity. We know that this happened then. And it's not true. It's just flat out not true. And we're like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's that's great, and we just sort of nod and smile because it's not always the tour guide's fault that they're just repeating what they're told. Sure. But yeah, like there these there are a lot of places that will absolutely just try to put in your head because they're trying to make a quick buck, and you know what? Like it's going to happen, but at the same time, you you can also rely on your own experiences. Mm-hmm. So if you go to these places and you take everything that is said with a grain of salt but then something happens to you, then, then that's enough. You just go off of that, go off of what you experienced and, you know, disregard what everyone else says as their claims, because you know what you know and what you experienced. And that's what I go for is so that I can have that experience in that moment. Has, have you had, um, so I I guess, I guess, I mean, this is another thing I've never talked about. On my like, carbonara and the and and my experiences with ghosts. <laughs> so that's a, a big episode of the lounge. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so when I was ten years old, my parents were looking at buying a new house, um, and it was this big place on Lake Ontario, um, at the end of a road, and there were all these like rumors about it. Um, I didn't know any of this. They take me to that place and I walk inside and I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like right away as a 10 year old kid, I don't want to be here. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I don't want, you know, and, uh, my, my stepdad was like, you know, what's your problem? You know, um, I was, I got really upset and, uh, in the end I ended up, um, I think I, I just ended up waiting in the car and I eventually did go through the place, um, at some point, but it was very uncomfortable. Um, and so they were kind of like, well, you know, uh, you know, my, my mother would tell this story years later and, and she would always say like, you know, oh, well, we were just like, oh, what a, what a dumb kid, you know, stuff like that. Um, and my uncle who has never before talked about anything uh, the paranormal or, 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 you know, in that regard at all, um, comes to town and they go to take him to look at this house and he walks into one step and he's like, don't buy this house. 
like there's something oh boy. and um and it turns out that there was there was some sort of manifestation there there was they were they had an ongoing um series of issues and the people that moved in we did we didn't end up getting it the people that moved in had a number of incidents where like things they had were dumped into the lake oh no yeah and and you know things were moved around and they couldn't get into doors and stuff like that and um and i i ended up going back there years and years later uh, as an adult and uh, it had been all fixed up and it lo- looked really nice and I didn't get anything remotely like that that same feeling um, so it was kind of like you know there's this that part of me that was like was it real or was was it like the kind of thing where people treated the place well and then you know made things better I mean I don't I don't I don't know the science behind it I just know what I felt right right um, yeah, it's it's hard to say, and uh, to to bring it back around to my book and the game, it's, it so the idea with all of this is that Doctor Deepman is studying all of this, and yeah. his idea is is that you know we don't know what's out there, but how will we know if someone isn't actively studying this, so that if the day comes that the proof is there that we can capture it, that we can study it, we can learn about it, you know. How can we have that if someone's not looking for it? Sure. So I and I think that that's just that's the fun thing. So I know some people think that those of us who love to go on and do the investigations and stuff are a little bit ridiculous because we actually you know believe that this stuff could be possible. But it's just like you know what? How, how will we ever know if someone's not looking? Well, you know, it, it's it, it's like any other science. Until you quantify it, you know, you you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And, um, now the, the, the game itself, um, so, so is that basically the, the, the whole, whole gist of the, of the game is, is, you know, finding these things and quantifying them and kind of building up that, the, the, the science of it in this world. That's, well, that's the, that's the premise of it where we don't go into it and give, uh, the mechanics, you know, it's not quite like phasmophobia for the players where, you know, you've got a list of evidence and you're trying to uncover this. If you are the GM and that's the way you run it, have at it, please do. Uh, it, um, it would be so easy to take that kind of formula and put it in for your players. Um, we do it more as just the basis of why the team is together. Because mm-hmm. I feel like in games, that's often the hard part, you know, is why, why are you as a team getting together to do whatever this is? Mm-hmm. And so in this, Dr. Deepman is sending out his team to go investigate a case. Most times, that's the way we've been playing it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so the case could be a haunting. Uh, he could be sending you out maybe to go track down, you know, rumors of a cryptid. Or maybe you are called in as private investigators to look into a cold case that, you know, has never had any leads and maybe your psychic abilities can help. Mm -hmm. So our idea is, is that he's interested in learning about the paranormal in, you know, proving what's real and what's not real. And you are playing his consultants um, who go on to location for him because he's a very busy man and can't be there himself. Of course, he's running the whole. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. That makes total sense to me. I I love the idea. So here's the, this is this is kind of why I I I told that story too. Is like 
I don't want to go to a haunted place <laughs> because of that, because that, that was a real, you know, that was jarring. Um, but, but being able to emulate that experience is something that, that seems like I'd really enjoy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy horror games. I enjoy horror films and everything like that. Um, I don't enjoy like, like I'll watch really, you know, gross graphic films um, with, with terrible things happening, but don't put on a medical channel where somebody's doing an act of <laughs> surgery. Cause I, I'm not, no, um, you know, I want the, I want the, I'm, I'm fine with the fake stuff. Um, yeah. but the, but I like that idea of being able to like, kind of emulate this thing that I, that I've kind of, if in the real world, I've kind of touched on, but like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but like, maybe you know maybe i could play a, a psychic who has that same kind of thing and and you know what would that be clairvoyance medium something like well that? It, yeah if you if you wanted to be able to contact them directly you could be a medium if you mm. didn't like the idea of being direct you could go with the psychograph which is an automatic writer so mm. you could just write what they're saying instead of having to actually talk to them um but, you know, things like that, we have it in there so that you could play that. Uh, but also, if you're a big fan of, you know, like horror, horror genre, there's an exorcist character. If you wanted to try to play like a John Constantine, um, we have now with our new class, The Hunter, if you wanted to play, you know, Sam or Dean Winchester, like we have because I am a big pop culture buff like i love all of that and i love ghost hunting and maybe i want to play zach bagans but maybe i want to go play sam winchester you know so we have a lot of different references built in for people like you who really enjoy the horror genre and maybe if you don't want to create your own character you could probably you could probably find your character already in one of those classes yeah yeah that's that's cool i well and that's always the nice thing about the 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 power by the five clubs yep. is like you don't have to come you don't you don't have to fully forge something out of your brain right you can kind of uh you know here's these guidelines that you can utilize and and then they're always um and it's it, and it, it kind of looks this way just in in kind of looking over uh your 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 character sheet there like it looks like there's lots of light nice little wiggle room to kind of customize things oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah. even even with the the classes or the playbooks we have um ways for people to buy into other classes or playbooks Mm -hmm. so that you could say well i want to take the firepower from the pyrokinetic but i want to talk to the dead like the medium uh and i also want to be able to you know be a spiritualist who can put up protective wars like the exorcist so you can pick and choose there's way to do it um, we do make it a little harder to jump archetypes to go from like psychics to investigator and investigator to psychic. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we try to leave it very flexible so you can, the possibilities of the way you want to create your character are pretty much limitless. Now I, I'll say, um, so I, I'm going to compare it to a game that I've played a lot of um, uh, monster of the week that's that is one that yes that keeps coming up yeah now i i'm i'm gonna say one of the things that monster of the week does a does a few things really really well in that um if you want to tell um 
I mean, I, I reference Buffy or Scooby-Doo all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if you want to tell those stories, it's, it's good for that. Um, if you want to tell an ongoing story about um, some pretty terrible things happening, you can do that. This seems to be a a, a cleaner version of that where you can, you don't have to, you don't have to get as messy as Monster of the Week wants you to get, you know? Yes, yes. And I think, uh, I think that comes back to how I really lean heavily into like the narrative storytelling when you do RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we put it there so that you could do, uh, the way we've been playtesting, honestly, has been a lot of one night games, mm-hmm. more like the stereotypical, not the game, but like the genre of Monster of the Week. Um, and we've been playing a lot of that. However, uh, we have also been playing it in a way where it's the same team. So it's the same team, and if I was playing more consistently with them, I would have an ongoing plot where they would be connecting side clues with a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have withheld doing that specifically because uh, with schedules right now, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to tell that story. Sure. Um, but the way it's formulated, we try to leave it open so that you could – you could do that. You can do it as a one night session, one story, one team, move on to the next. Or you could sprinkle out clues if you wanted, um, say, to be chasing down a peddler of cursed artifacts, you know, who's who's sending this out to different locations and different families and dealing with the fallout of each of those while you try to track them down. You know, you could you could take the season of a show, basically, and recreate that show if you wanted uh, with your own team. Did you just um, reference Friday the 13th, the series? Because that's, that's, uh, that sounds like Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, in in the, my Vegas recollection, and I've thought about stealing it. So, <laughs> you know, but I like, I just love pop culture. So I, yeah. I will freely admit that a ton of my playtesting has been straight up me stealing episodes of shows that I know that my friends have not seen. Oh, yeah. So they don't know it. They, if they wanted, they could go and pretty much watch how this thing is going to play out. Uh, they just, they just don't know what it's from. So it, it also seems too like on the spectrum of what uh, what the Deepman Files can do. It, it like the one end is very much like Monster of the Week. Like you're you're dealing with supernatural creatures and cryptids and all this awful stuff. And on the other end, it's almost like a um, like, like if you were to, to kind of strip out the psychic stuff and the supernatural stuff, you have a really solid, like, investigate murders. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So to be, to be fair, I'm a murder mystery writer first. Okay. So I have, um, let's see, it is 2000, it is, it's 2021. Let me see here. I have about eight years of murder mystery writing experience mm-hmm. where I would write one night party sets, um, for my friends to come and play as a character and you, they would work to unsolve, like to uncover a mystery over the course of the night. And those did not involve supernatural elements or anything. They were just murder mysteries to the core. Okay. So my background is actually in murder mystery writing. So you are absolutely correct where I have this design to involve the supernatural, but you could, you could play with strictly investigators if you wanted and make it a mystery game. 
And and the way you described doing campaigns sounded a lot like um like a like a procedural show too. Yes. So you, you know, you like like individual episodes and that's I love that. In fact, not only do I love that, I have said that there needs to be that game. Oh, no. well, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I you know, it, it's one of those things where I mean, I can I I can't tell you. My my wife doesn't play tabletop role playing games. Um, but I'll sit and I'll watch something and like, we'll be at her mother's and she'll be watching, um, you know, NCIS or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, why isn't there a game that does this, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And I feel like this is the closest I've seen to that. So I've seen other attempts at that. I feel like you've you've kind of hit hit the nail on that. You know, I think the the one thing that would set me apart from other games that have done things like that is that I I don't try to get dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. Um which there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but there are some games that they live in a very dark and dreary world mm-hmm. and they want you to be playing these really dark, nitty-gritty more you know, like a, a Watchmen pops into my head, you know, like if you're yeah. going to play a kind of investigative game something in that kind of world and i'm like you can you can do that you can do that if you want sure the game's not going to push you there you know um the game is going to have moves like the hunter's class has a new move called uh loaded for dinosaur mm-hmm. like you know we have we have fun little move names and everything you know so you just take take from that what you will and apply it the way you want to apply it and you know we just want to hear what you come up with it's like you've got a noir dimmer switch. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Turn, turn the switch up if you don't want it too noir. You're yeah, like, eh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, that I, I I love that. Um, now, how did you get started in in gaming? Um, I started back in two thousand eight, so we're looking at about thirteen years now. Um, I had a friend, and he said, "We're all trying to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons." <laughs> We don't know how to play. Do you want to play? And I said, sure. I, yes, just you tell me what to do. And he says, that's going to be hard because we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we figured it out. We figured it out. Um, and we played a, a kind of campaign in the loosest of terms because we just, we did not know what we were doing. Um and then from there, um, I just, I made some friends in college who also wanted to play. And um, so, okay, this is, this is just going to be a little story here. And, you know, this is not saying anything about, you know, men and women in gaming. This was just a funny experience. Let me put that caveat out there. Mm-hmm. My friend asked me if I wanted to play. And I said, yes, I would love to play in this one we had going on at college. And he said, great, do you have anyone else who would like to play? And I said, no, but um, my two roommates would probably like to learn. So he said, great. So we showed up um, at another friend's apartment. And so the, he, the, the GM was there, my friend, mm. with his friend at the apartment. And then in walks us three girls. And there was another guy there who had been invited to play. And he said no, originally. And then us three girls walked in. And then apparently he thought, well, these must be the boys' girlfriends who are coming. Where are the guys? Where are their boyfriends coming to play? And then 
<laughs> we said, no, 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 we're, we're the players. We're going to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons and we're going to play. And then this guy said, you know what? I think I'll join. So he joins and we have now been married um, for seven years. We've been together for 10 years. <laughs> so that is how I met my husband was playing That's Dungeons and Dragons. Great story. And um, yeah, so we, we played uh, there through college. We've continued to play. And, and just as I've gotten older, the, the long campaign format just became harder and harder with our schedules, mm-hmm. which is why I started getting into this Powered by Apocalypse system. Um, because we started using it for more one night continuous games, you know, same team, different story, less of an overarching plot. We didn't feel like so beholden to a schedule and we didn't have to play for eight hours, you know, three hours on a weeknight was fine. Um, and so as we were starting to become a little tired of, you know, the long medieval campaign format, um, we started to play these other games and that has really revived my love of, uh, tabletop RPGs. It has really kept me going, especially this past year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's everything in a nutshell and it's played very heavily into my life for a large portion of it now. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, uh, PBTA games have you, have you played? Um, so the one that I played the most is this little game that I would guess a lot of people don't know of, and it's called interstitial. Mm-hmm. And I heard about it on a podcast and mm-hmm. it, the idea is, uh, it's like the, it's kingdom hearts based, which is what that game was. And the idea is that you make characters from different worlds and you cross over and world hop. And we were just in the need for a really lighthearted game. Just something really hilarious and funny. So we decided to put this together. And we had, like, Dana Scully from X-Files. We had Courage the Cowardly Dog. Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. <laughs> um, Tinkerbell. Uh, Zach Bagans, actually. And I feel like, oh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So that was our cast. And we played a reoccurring game of them world hopping, uh, chasing down Loki, uh, who is recreating the infinity stones using the help of the death busters from sailor moon. Oh, so yeah, it was, it was a wild ride. It was a wild, wild ride. And that is what really made me love powered by the apocalypse because of how wild it got. Like we laughed so hard. You know, the mechanics were so easy. It worked great for the online system, you know, playing online and everything. We just loved it. And then um, we had someone else who modified um, another book. I don't know which one uh, to use for Dusk Hollow, which is just a setting from MacGuffin, I think. And so they used a, uh, they used a powered by the apocalypse system for us to play that. Um, and that was, uh, that helps with the procedural investigation. Um, it's in a very weird town where, um, you know, your neighbor might be a reptile person. Um, there might be a dog park you all have to ignore. It's very Night Vale-esque. So we had a lot of fun with that. And then the one that we've been playing the most um, for very long weekend sessions uh, has been this game that's not out yet, which is Modern Gods um by uh michael oj and Mm -hmm. i'm helping him i'm hoping that he gets it released this year because it is great it is fantastic 
um you play it's it's the idea of like the american gods kind of story mm-hmm. um where you can play an established god you can create your own and you're living in modern day and trying to hide your existence from the nefarious agency and we've had so much fun with that one um and it's not even released it's not even an out game yet and we've had a blast with it so that's pretty much what i've been doing for the past year um nice. And I've put all of the other systems aside and just made time for this whenever I can. That's fantastic. I, I actually, uh, I have kind of this, this love of interstitial knowing that like the, the, the groups I regularly play with would probably not be as into it as I am, but I, mm-hmm. I, I know I've played, I've played through, um, well, I played through the first two, uh, well, one and two. I shouldn't say the first two. Um, There's a gazillion. Yeah. Um, and, and I started the, the third one and I just kind of was like, I don't have time for this anymore. But, uh, but, but I love the idea of like, like random pop culture worlds just intersecting and working together and everything. So I, when you said you played interstitial, I was like, Oh my God, I, I feel like I want to ask you a million questions about that. But, uh, it was uh, so much fun. <laughs> it it looks very fun, and it is very much an example of what you can do with something with with a, with a framework as loose yes. as um, Powered by the Apocalypse. And you know, Vincent Baker is he's he's one of those people that I'd love to have on my podcast. Um, I think I was talking a little bit about like some of the people he, he, he was the one that created the apocalypse world. And, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to talk to him at this point because I'm like, I feel like I'd fanboy out. Um, I, I uh, can say that um, I, I got to chat a little bit online with Meg and um, she was very, very nice. Um, very, uh, uh, welcoming to the community and encouraging um she yeah. was she was very very nice so you know it really helped me feel like i could do this like i could launch this game and you know people would like it so you know nice people and <laughs> it, and, and it looks like people i mean people do like like you've hit your goal yes um, yeah we were funded in 12 hours which is amazing for for someone who has never had a Kickstarter and has no gamer cred to them. I was beyond thrilled, you yeah. know. So that was exciting. Um, I I always ask when whenever someone has hit their goal for a Kickstarter and you know we're, we're having that conversation um, or or has had a game released, I always kind of like like to ask like like what would be next, you know. Um, what would be next as in like yeah um well so we've actually um at this point we have hit our first three stretch goals yeah um so we have a few more left um we with our first one we were able to invite in a guest writer and if we hit another stretch goal later he'll add another class um which i'm very excited about um, we decided that we would hire an artist to create a little compendium of maps, 
of haunted locations and such so that um, when players are investigating, you know, a GM does not necessarily have to search out a haunted asylum map. They have one and they'll have rooms labeled and such so that they can, you know, where do you want to investigate? Do you want to investigate the morgue? Do you want to investigate the hydrotherapy room? You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that laid out as a GM resource for them. Um, and that is included in our book and the PDF for download to make it easy for printing. We are considering adding as an add-on a physical GM resource guide. So for anybody who's like, I don't want to have to print this stuff myself, give it to me. Um, they can add it on for a small amount and we'll make everything nice and pretty and send them an actual demon file with everything. Nice. Um, we have now unlocked our first stretch goal as far as, uh, um, like one night sessions go. Uh, okay. so we have one that we use in our play testing. Um, it was uh the case of Bunny Bridge, which is based off the the Bunny Man urban legend. For anybody oh, familiar yeah, with that, yeah, yeah. um, it was a lot of fun. I I created it and ran it for a friend's birthday, and we decided that we will uh clean it up, make it nice, and uh, put it in as one night session, so that anybody who you know they don't want to create their own mystery, or maybe they would like to kind of you know get their feet in the water first with how the game is kind of set to run. Uh, we will provide them everything, you know, we'll give you the maps, we'll give you the NPCs, we'll give you articles that you can show your players for research. Um, you know, we'll have an artist recreating kind of like Polaroids with location images and stuff like that. And that'll be like all encompassing and included, um, like I said, unless you want your own physical version that you don't want to, if you don't want to have to print, we'll add that in. And we've got, I think, two more one night sessions planned if we hit those stretch goals. We've got two more classes to add in. So we have some stretch goals still. We're really hoping that um, things continue uh, as they are and we hit those stretch goals. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's, uh, that's part of the goal of, of this is uh is to to tell uh anyone listening to the lounge which we you know we we get around we get a few people oh yeah um to uh to to go out and and check this out um let's hit those stretch goals um it's it's uh it's always so good to see like new game designers and 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 people with like unique points of view getting into the hobby um from from you know i mean you're not i'm not saying you're just getting into the hobby but you're oh hey no no as far as this goes is this formal i i am i i I will admit that you know this is new to me but i've had some really great support um so many other people uh have been reaching out to me to help give me some advice on um you know like what to do next uh here's how you should format here's how things should go out and the community has been wonderful they really have been Fantastic. Um, that's uh, it. I'm, this has been, uh, really great. Um, I, I really, I, I want to talk to you about so many things. Well, um, you know what, once we're done recording, let's continue that pasta talk. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> sounds really good. Um, uh, I, I, I also, um, I wanted to ask you, so you, so you're, you're going to go now that things are kind of opening up or everything you're going ghost hunting. Yes. Um, and, um, are you going to be hitting up any conventions? Um, actually, um, well, I guess I'm going to, I'll give them a plug. I actually have been volunteering this, assuming it runs, this will be my 10th year. Um, I work for, I'm based in Pittsburgh. Uh, there is, um, 
the convention Teco. Um, and I have been working for them for about 10 years. So, um, I will be there. Um, I have yet to talk to them, but it shouldn't be a problem. I'm hoping to run my game, um, there, uh, and I'm hoping to hit some smaller shows, but it just, you know, with the way the world is right now, I just don't know, um, how feasible large conventions are as frequent as I would like. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we will be, be taking our show on the road too, too much. Um, I hope so. Uh, but it's kind of one of those wait and see kind of things. Yeah. I think, I think we're probably going to be, there's, there's probably going to be a, a, a little bit more time before we really have, like, we're really ready to, to do exactly origins or, uh, uh, um, you know, Gen Con or something like that. Exactly. Um, there's some stuff that we need to rethink as, as, as humans. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I figured I would, I would, uh, I would just, uh, check because I was, I always like to, if I get to a convention, um, try to find the people that I have talked to on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, I hope I can make it out at some point and I would love to be able to, you know, talk to some people, um, who maybe had a chance to play the game. Um, you know, for the, for the foreseeable future though, if it comes down to, you know, going out ghost hunting or going to a convention, um, hanging out with the dead seems like the more appealing option right now. (laughs) Um, that I love all of you guys out there. Can't wait to see you all. It just might be five years. I don't know. (laughs) That is fair. That's fair. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been rough. (laughs) Um, well, um, this has been a blast talking to you. Um, I, I will say, you know, and, and, and I've been called out on this. I say to every guest, you know, you're welcome to come back every, anytime you want to. Um, but the reason I say that is because I mean to every de- guest, you're welcome to come back anytime. Because I, you just, I've, I've, I could literally talk to you another two, three hours Oh, I, yes, I, I think absolutely. And just, yeah, and just record it. Um, I want to play games with you. I really want to play this game. I am um, so down for that. But, uh, yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> hey, listen, if you've if you got a, you know, an actual play coming up or anything and you got an extra seat, I do voices, I'm silly. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm sure. I am sure that I can. I could squeeze one in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, but uh, let, go ahead and give uh, give our audience all your plugs, and uh, and we'll we'll put those in the show notes as well. Sure, sure. So uh, I've been Alexandra Front Clinton, um, author of Echoes and Ashes: A Paranormal Mystery, and the upcoming The Deepman Files: A Ghost Hunting RPG, I'm now on Kickstarter. Um, I, uh, have been working with an artist, uh, Gabrielle Burke Arts. Uh, she's, she's been fantastic. I highly recommend checking her out on Instagram. Um, big shout out to the LARP.com community, um, who has, uh, helped me, especially with all of my graphic stuff that I am not so great with. They have been fantastic and I couldn't have done this without them. And, uh, also special shout out to, uh, the upcoming Modern Gods game and author, uh, Michael OJ, uh, whenever his stuff comes out, recommend you all check it out. Um, and yeah, just all of you wonderful supporters who have helped this little indie designer get this game going. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Jesse, for all of your help. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to help. 
Um, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, and, um, I have a, a, a saying, um, I always, if, if you, if you would like to, uh, I always, at the end of every episode, tell my lounge lizards to, to uh, keep it classy. Would you like to do the honors this time? Absolutely. Now? I have been looking forward to this since <laughs> listening to the Alex Robert interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go for All right. it. <laughs> All right. Lounge lizards, keep it classy. Till next time. Nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's great. I mean, was that fun or what? So yeah, Demon Files. A ghost hunting RPG. Demon D-E-I-T-T-M-A-N Files. On Kickstarter right now. Go get it. Support it. Check it out. Also, Alexandra has her own website. I got links. You know I got links. Um, go check that out. Uh, check out her book. There's some just amazing stuff here. So, um, I look forward to, uh, to talking to Alexandra more in the future. Um, but for now, I'm going to turn it over to you, Doe. The Lounge is a misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs, with lots of great shows like this one. Misdirected Mark. Go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. The lounge theme, and so it begins by artificial music, is used under Creative Commons 3.0. Support Contessa at Contessa.rocks. Find your host, Jesse Doc Admin, at Doc Palindrome on Twitter. All the links from this episode can be found in the episode description. <laughs>